Hey, how's it going, guys and gals? Welcome to this week's episode of Cartridge Cloud. I'm Life Shifter X. I'm joined by Captain Tutu today. It's just the two of us today. How's it going, man? Just the two of us. I know, right? <laughs> we can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Pretty good. Uh, happy Memorial Day, everybody. Yeah, happy Memorial Day. Thank you to all the veterans, uh, current and pre our previous veterans out there. Yes, indeed. Thank you, thank you. So we got some cool topics coming up today. Uh, we we had uh, took it last week off. We had a little bit of short staff last week, so we just decided to take a little nice mellow week. So we're back and better. Um, we're going to be talking about some of the Epic Games info that's been uh, released recently, kind of like a whole clump of news all in once. Uh, this is something we actually yeah. we felt like we still wanted to carry into this week's show because uh, I think it's still pretty relevant about everything that's going on in terms of Epic, which is kind of interesting. Um, we're going to be talking about some of the MPD uh, MPD game sell selling numbers across all of the platforms and see what uh, some of the top best selling games, uh, platforms, so on and so forth. And we're also going to be talking about some of the upcoming game releases this week, which I'm pretty excited about since seeing our shows on Monday. We have releases on Tuesday, stuff coming right around the alley, right? So, yeah, so much. Uh, I like, we like to usually get started and talk about some of the stuff we've been personally playing this week. Uh, Tutu, I'll go ahead and let you start. Yeah, I wish I had something more <laughs> exciting to talk about, like I told you before the stream. But pretty much the only game I've been playing like this past week has been Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, of course, preparing for the new expansion that's dropping tomorrow. So uh, lots of ESO, just grinding out my, my level and trying to get some uh, raid-ready gear. Uh, but also, I, I did play uh, Valorant a bit more, too. Um, which I'm starting to like more and more as I play, and I'm noticing I'm starting to get like a little bit better here and there. I still suck at it, but uh still have a, a lot of fun with it. Nice, nice. I, yeah, I know we got to play a little bit this week myself too, and I'm I was super excited to actually get kind of dig in and play a little bit. Uh and we actually got through the uh the Harlstorm DLC, which was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Or the prequel. A lot shorter than I expected though, because like the the previous stuff for elsewhere or the prequel quest for that was like super long. It took me like two days to complete that one. <laughs> so I was surprised on this one, but they um, ended it on a nice tease, though, showing off like a bit of uh, Black Reach. Oh my God, that zone is going to be so beautiful. Oh, I know. Especially where the uh, the king is there too is pretty good. Yeah, man. Oh man. Um, for me personally, I've been actually I played a little bit of ESO with you. Um, I've also kind of dug in a little bit to uh, Man Eater, which is kind of a hilarious arcadey style like shark eating game, which is super brutal, but it's hilarious. Like as you do. How much of it did you get to play? Uh, I got through the whole tutorial section, and then I, I beat the first two missions, I think, on as your, your baby shark, your, the one you're going to build up oh, yeah. as part of the whole story. Um, so, like, this, you know, the baby shark, you could actually go and uh, you build it out, you build it out you want, you get you pick its special abilities and all that stuff as you go along, and you find them, and so on and so forth. And, man, like, the first couple of levels, man, are really tough, because, um, first off, you're in, like, the river in, like, Louisiana or Georgia, like like the swamp areas, and you're gonna you could get attacked and eaten by crocodiles in the process, which is really weird. Like these two animals, you don't think are normally in the same water, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was it was different. Um, I also got to dig in a little bit of the uh, new World of Warships uh, patch that came out this past week that brought in three new Soviet cruisers, uh, and that was actually really fun. Like I actually got back into World of Warships recently, and my god, like I forgot how fun that game was, but they brought a, a lot of really good quality of life stuff. To the game which is you know fantastic um it's definitely something i i would love to you know touch back on here and there just because like the leveling 
like they took out some of the grind so it's not as bad as it was it's so, like it used to be where like once you get to a certain point you're basically grinding 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 for like weeks to get your new ship and now it's not that bad especially if you uh took advantage of like the twitch prime deals which i had um i had a bunch of ships free ships sitting in my my hangar waiting for me and i was like oh cool i'll finally use them and then when you do use them you can get a ton of free xp that you can convert to use on any other ship you want which is great um so you're not just stuck on grinding that one ship to get what you want um aside of that i just kind of digging around a bunch of other random stuff here and there i mean of course i go back to like staples like mordhow and some of this other stuff but pretty good pretty good um so yeah let's go ahead and get uh started on the epics games blowout uh it's been kind of a kind of a lot of interesting stuff that's come out this week you want to you want to start us off with this this topic um So probably the the biggest and most notable thing was uh, the reveal of uh, the Unreal Engine Five, and they had it showing on the uh, the PS Five running beautifully and looking all smooth with all the triangles and, and assets going on for it. Um, but there's been like a big debate about like uh, right now if the PS Five is stronger than even PC. Yeah, it's been one of those things that's like like super weird because you're like, okay, you know, PC's always got the has always had the edge of the market, right? Because you can do so much more with it. Like whereas a console, they're your you know your cookie cutty hardware, what you get is what you get unless they come out with a newer, fancier version like the Pro or the Xbox One X or you know whatever second iteration of the current generation you're going into, right? Yeah, but this one, <laughs> this one was kind of hilarious because it's like, it's like something you already know. Like if you're a PC gamer, you're like you know you could go above and beyond what consoles can offer especially current gen consoles like i mean they're stuck at i think eight gigs um like a quad core system you know nothing too crazy and then most of the time are limited to about a terabyte of hard drive space which you know for whatever reason most console games are probably about as big if not bigger than most pc games too to some degrees like you on even on one terabyte most of the time you're only going to get like six to ten games depending on the game and if you're playing call of duty or red dead redemption you there's there's already half your hard drive space or more for just those two games but so coming <laughs> coming to this, we saw this nice, wonderful PS5 demo, and then it comes and it gets played on PC, and it's twice as smooth with a piece, a laptop, actually, in fact, running at the exact same specs of a PS5, which was really interesting. And the funniest thing that came right afterwards was what um, Epic CEO Tom Sweeney said right afterwards. He's basically well, before that, <laughs> um, down. Tim Sweeney talked about. Uh, Hyping up the PS5 saying, this comes from an article on The Verge, uh, Tim Sweeney says, the storage architecture on the PS5 is far ahead of anything you can buy on PC uh, for any amount of money right now. It's going to help drive future PCs, uh, and the PC market is going to see this thing ship and say, oh, wow, SSDs are going to catch up with this. So that's what he said before um, the foils are running on PC. And where I think that's like, it's good, like... It's going to get new storage architecture is always good, but that's, you know, that's helping with load times and so on and so forth. Right. But that's not processing the game. It's not presenting the graphics. It's not, um, you know, doing some of the other stuff. It's just like, okay, well, what, you know, that, what is going to come out of just having a a fancy new loading mechanism, right? Like you can make you transition smoother, which is what the biggest complaint is right now. Gaming is loading times. I mean, even on PC, you have them. I mean, the best way you could avoid them or get improve them is just, buying a better hard drive but if they're saying 
this is going to be the next great tech. Well, it's prototype tech, though. Like, it's it's going to be put into a console for the first time, and then PC is going to get a hold of it and advance and iterate on it, whereas the PC is still going to be, or the PS4 and maybe even the Xbox are going to get stuck with this hardware for until they come out with the second generation, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's cool to boast on that, bro, but it's going to get old quick, especially as fast as PC stuff changes. Like, in the time a console goes from the start start of life to the end of life, like, PC has already gone through, like, four iterations of hardware. Yeah, it's so true. And a lot of, your even your average gamers that don't buy stuff every year, they still upgrade probably about every other year, or every second year, I would say. Or every third year, I would guess. You know, like every three years, they'll get a new upgrade. That's about my, like, for me, that's my, my life cycle. I might upgrade a, you know, a video card or something here and there, but aside of that, like, three to five years is about the, you know, big lifespan of my PC. So, it's going to be interesting. Um, but it's funny, so you get along in this demo, and it comes off, and it runs better on this laptop. With this, all this boasting about, you know, PS5's got all this great stuff, which I no doubt, you know, like, we haven't seen everything, obviously. We haven't seen hardly any gameplay run on the PS4, whereas, you know, just recently we even talked about uh, how Xbox had a bunch of stuff that was running on engine on the console, and you could see how smooth it was and so on. But a lot of it's, of course, cinematics, but, and the whole, quote-unquote, three seconds of gameplay we got from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, <laughs> um, which I still think, I'm still laughing about that one. Uh, oh, yeah. And you get this this whole, you know, everything's running better on a laptop than it is on a PS5, which is like, okay, that's cool and all. But and so it made everybody really wonder, like, well, why are you boasting so hard for the um, Unreal Engine running this game on a laptop that looks better and has less limitations? So I'm just like, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, it's, it's a weird one to kind of like break down and, and discuss. Um, cause you I mean, of course, you know, Tim Sweeney is going to kind of pump up the PS five and try and talk like it's, it's, you know, the best hot shit in town. Um, and I, I don't, I don't really doubt it, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just an entirely weird situation as a whole. Like I know the PS five, it's going to take some time for games to actually start to look like that. I don't think they're going to, you know, uh, utilize all this new tech right out of the jump. Of course, you know, the devs have to really have time with it and figure things out. Um, but yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's weird. I feel like right now it's just kind of one of those like you know we'll we'll wait and see. You know, when we have the PS5 and how games actually shape up, um, you know, across the entire generation. Yeah, and it's one of those things. I mean, it, it was it was a a demo, an Unreal Five engine demo. Yeah, which is a lot of people don't realize it's not a game. It's just a demo, you know, shown for the purposes of, you know, showing you some minor capabilities of what an engine can do, and most of it is graphical, of course, because you know a lot of the stuff runs on, the, on that part. But it is just literally a demo. Like people get all excited. Oh man, I can't wait to see, you know see this PS Five game and all that. I'm like, no, it's not even a game. It's literally an engine demo. Like, Unreal comes out with them multiple times a year for any new update that they do to their engines. and Or especially a new engine iteration. Like, this is going to be Unreal Engine 5, I believe, is what they said. So it's, it's a brand new iteration on the engine, which is, you know, now a new landscape, new architecture, new fun stuff to, to you know, for developers to play with, and all these fun things. And probably a lot more optimized, I'm sure, than 4, right? But it's ultimately a demo. 
there is no way to simple, you know, <laughs> no way to simplify it any more than that. It's just a demo. And it's not a game. It's not anything specific unless they come out with something with it, which is a different story, obviously. But um, for all intents and purposes, everything we saw on it was it's literally just an engine demo. So I'm like, all right, cool. So the next part of it was actually going Epic is actually going to be easing up on royalties in terms of uh, developers are not going to actually owe royalties for the first, I think it was million, one million, right? Yeah, first one million revenue. Yeah. So I, at this point, like Epic used to collect uh, about $3,000 in revenue per quarter uh, on just royalties from most developers on average per developer just for using their engine and so on. So, I mean, you, you think about it, you it ease up the first million and it helps out a lot of indie developers, which is actually a good thing ultimately, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, we've seen Epic doing a lot of good guy, pro consumer, pro developer moves, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I like some of that stuff. That's It's pretty cool. Like, it, it's one of the positive notes I could say that we've reported on Epic Games recently. I mean, I know a lot of people still have problems with the engine, you know, running Epic Store and all this other stuff. But Epic Games being like, hey, like, we're going to take away your first million dollars in royalties and that's free. You know, use that, make your game better, you know, do whatever. Which, I mean, aside that and the stuff that they're doing with getting developers on exclusive deals for years or multiple years or complete exclusivity to their platform and helping them out with their development costs, which is huge. Like, it's going to release way more games, right? Yeah. But we have the stigma of being able to stuck with Epic Games. Now, the store, like, while I love it, it's still almost a year behind in all the promised features originally. Like, their original roadmap is literally has been blown out of the water. Like, it's not even the same what they had this time last year. Like this time last year, we were already supposed to have wish list, which we just barely got. We were supposed to have a cart, which is still not there. I'm still surprised <laughs> on that one. Um, That's all I'm Yeah, I know. Like, and then a gifting feature, like give me a gifting feature, give me a cart and, and give me a proper, you know, a, a better wish list system. Even like the one they've got there is pretty simple. It's rudimentary, but it's just like, okay, like steam is still doing a lot of these things substantially better. And their new AI is actually working out pretty good, in my opinion. But it was just like, man, they're still behind quite a bit on some of this other stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Doing stuff rights by the developers, but not by the consumer. So I guess, I guess that's the, the way I'm looking at it for that for that one. I don't and, know. Uh, to segue off of that, another thing they're doing right by developers is uh, Epic has now opened their multiplayer systems for other developers. So this means like Fortnite's crossplay is now free and open for any developer to use which is amazing of course cuz we know that Fortnite really kind of spearheaded this move into crossplay across like all platforms today and uh you know of course this should be a thing just throughout gaming for every generation going forward so it's nice that Epic uh, op- opened this up to everybody else Oh yeah yeah I mean you know who was the biggest collaborator towards that right for the crossplay stuff uh no. Psionics with Rocket League. They came out with a oh. one of the early early crossplay models and then they yeah. they basically worked together and improved that with Fortnite. Okay. So it's like, you know, cuz they were around the same time they were both getting ready to come out with crossplay. I think Rocket yeah. League dropped just before it. Uh, I think it was like spring of 2016 and then by end of 2016 is when I, I or 20 early 2017 is when they came crossplay with Fortnite. Um, well, yeah, for for it, I remember they had that they did the accidental crossplay. That's what started it all, because they accidentally turned it on at one point, and people were like, "Wait, what the hell? I'm playing with someone on Xbox," 
and then uh, I think PlayStation contacted them and they had to turn it off. Yeah, so then they made it, um, I think it was PC to Xbox only at the time, whereas yeah. Rocket League was the opposite. It was it was uh, PC to PS4, which was interesting, uh-huh. but they didn't, and PC could play with Xbox, but they couldn't all play together, which was weird. Yeah, very weird. So it was just kind of like a weird, like, toss-up of all these things, but that's going to be also good, too. I mean, so aside of, like, some weird megacorp things that Epic seems to be doing, there's a lot of good still coming out of it. Like, the royalties helping developers, helping with development costs. Uh, the tech for multiplayer crossplay is coming out more and being more accessible, which now you can't have developers being like, oh, I don't know what to do with <laughs> multiplayer crossplay. I don't know how to do it. Well, here's the, here's your tech. Here's how you're going to do it. Yeah, We'll help you. So I think some of that stuff is pretty good. Um, yeah, me too. Um, Epic, I mean, you know, say what you want about them. Yeah, there's some negative and stupid stuff they do, but they're really like a driving force as far as like pushing this industry forward, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the best way to, to put it, right? I mean, they're, they're driving things in the industry, which are finally helping folks and, you know, being able to do a little bit more. Which is nice. So it's yeah. definitely it's definitely nice to help, you know, just get people out there more. Um, I definitely can't complain about, you know, stuff like that. Anything that helps developers and bring us better content, like better games is always a good thing for everybody, especially more yep. crossplay. As long as there's not, you know, PC hackers and stuff like that, which we'll be actually covering on another, another show soon. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely have to get to that. Oh yeah. So moving on to the next topic, uh, we actually have, uh, MPE sales coming up for all the major platforms that have come out. And a lot of the stuff that was actually coming out is pretty, pretty interesting. We'll actually post the, the link here in the chat as well. Um, but we'll talk to you a little bit about why or what, or at least our thoughts on it. I mean, I know no stretch of the means we're not experts, but you know, some thoughts. Um, so with MPD sales, they had some interesting sales. So April, 2020, they have a lot of the, the stuff, for it um the charts are actually marked i put the link here in chat if you want to see it um i could also put it in the description uh later for the podcast uh these charts are sorted by dollar sales not number of units sold because obviously a lot of these games come out at different price points um especially in terms of uh some of the nintendo games not all but some um and some other games that have also kind of peaked around recently so in the top 10 we have number one final fantasy 7 remake which is kind of not a surprise right like that was something everybody's been waiting for for a very long time, and especially with such a big upgrade that this game was, right? Uh, number two was actually kind of surprising, was Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which we've already had a, a few iterations of this. Uh, we've had, a, you know, we're on our third battle pass, I think, now, um, and going on. Yep. And then number three, a month after release, is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number four, NBA 2K20, which is uh, actually still kind of... Something kind of, to note, sorry to cut you off, but Animal Crossing's New Horizons, they don't count digital sales. Or at least Nintendo doesn't release their digital sales, so this is only counting physical for Animal Crossing. Yeah, which which could be an entirely different number. It could be number one, and we don't even know yeah. because they don't release yeah. that that data. Um, NBA 2K20, which is still up there, which is another kind of a shocker one for me. Um, this one actually caught me by surprise. We talked about this a little bit last night. Was Grand Theft Auto 5 being on that list? Still kicking it, man. Like, which is weird because you know Red Dead Redemption. Hasn't got nearly as much content, but GTA still is getting tons of content all the time, it seems like. Well, um, the last big update, what was the Diamond Casino heist? When did that come out? Was it like late last year? 
Yeah, I want to say it was late last year, yeah. And then the last Red Dead, the big Red Dead update was the Moonshiners one, which was okay, and that came out late last year as well. But well, that, I mean, GTA that, still has massive life. And this is one of those games you would expect, like, heists and stuff like that to be in them by now, or bank robberies or something. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Like, yeah, you could pseudo bank rob things, but it's not the same as, like, you know, going through a whole mission and being able to to complete that stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, going on number six, though, is Resident Evil 3. Uh, number seven, I think it's also because it came out last month as well, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered, which is just the campaign, from my understanding. It's not the multiplayer aspect of it. Uh, I don't own that one, so I can't comment too much on it. Uh, MLB. Yeah, that's just campaign. MLB The Show 20, which also released in April. Uh, I think it's April, right, for that one? Uh, yeah, April or March. Let me see. Madden NFL 20, which is surprising. It's still up there in, in the top 10. It's still number 9. Number 10 is Red Dead Redemption 2. And then kind of going on in some of these, like some of them are really surprising. It only goes to 20. But number 15 was Predator Hunting Grounds, which I didn't think would make any kind of top charts. I mean, aside of, aside of nostalgia purposes, because the game ended up, I mean, to get quite honest, it was trash. Like, I, I think that's probably one of the worst games that Sony's put out in quite some time. And especially using such a beloved franchise like Predators. Come on. Like, uh, uh. Another shocker was uh, number 13 was Mortal Kombat 11, but I think that's also due to the new DLC dropping tomorrow. Um, Aftermath, which is going to be kind of cool. Just Dance 2020, which has actually been out for some time, is still number 11. Some oddball ones, right? Um, I don't know. What do you think of those those numbers so far, though, and like the top overall sales for those two? two? Uh, it's It's pretty fascinating and really interesting i mean of course like the top uh three of course you you know you figure final fantasy call of duty animal crossing um but yeah it does get really interesting when you see five gta 5 even resident evil 3 being so high is a is an interesting one to me because i know people love the resident evil franchise and horror but at least in like our circle in our community it's like uh not really talked about much and especially you know like the first week of course people are all over it but it seemed to drop a lot faster than even Resident Evil 2 did. It's like Resident Evil 2 like stayed in the conversation for a long time, I felt like. But uh, yes, it's it's really interesting. It kind of had the, like to me, it kind of had the same effect as uh, like Doom Eternal. And Doom yeah. Eternal's not <laughs> anywhere on this list, which is surprising yeah. too. Like, That's crazy. By all intents and purposes, it looked like it sold more than half of the games that are on this release schedule that came out in April. Like just the yeah. games that came out in April, and it's and it actually did. I think it did come out in April, right? Uh, yeah, it came out the same day Animal Crossing came out. Yeah, so April. like Doom Eternal is not even on the list for t- game sales. So what are they doing? And Dragon Ball Z even beat it out. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. That's no, another one that flat out surprised me. Like at tw- <laughs> even at twenty, it's still surprising. Yeah. <laughs> um. So getting in the top set. Top 10 best-selling games so far this year. Uh, number one was Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which I kind of expected. It's a big title across multiple platforms, especially with the enablement of crossplay, which is a big thing, right? Um, number two, of course, not keeping in mind of digital sales, was Animal Crossing New Horizons, which more than likely is probably actually number one because of the digital sales, which I'm sure you know is much more than we think. Um Number three was Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is number three for not even being at a month, barely over a month now. And it's number three on top 10 best-selling games so far this year. Um, NBA 2K20, 
Number five, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which is, I'm blown away by that one, even being in the, in the top 10 at all. Um, <laughs> MLB The Show 20, which made sense. GTA 5 is still being one of the top 10 best-selling games. And I wonder why that is. I, I, like that one, I kind of want to dig into one day and be like, why is GTA still doing so good? Is it because modders are getting their accounts banned and they're having to rebuy the game? Um, is it just the fact of new people getting into it? Like, is it a new audience coming in? Like, what is it that's appealing GTA 5? you know, still kicking this long. Well, it's definitely online. I mean, whatever it, it is, it's definitely people are really drawn to a GTO. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Resident Evil 3 also being up there, and uh, Madden NFL 20, which kind of surprised me because I don't think it came out this year, right? Is that this year? I thought they usually no, come out in the fall. Last, yeah, last year. Okay, yeah, as I was going to say, as last year, so that's still number nine for this year so far, which is kind of interesting. The Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which has been out for over well over a year now. Um, yeah, that one's pretty crazy, too. Now but then, it is bundled with a lot of Switch units as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, so then we get into top 10 best-selling games in the last 12 months. We'll do the top five of the last few of these just to kind of get through it. But um, we've got Call of Duty Modern Warfare, NBA 2K20, Madden 20. So that's one, two, and three. Number four is Borderlands 3, which is also another game that's not really talked about a whole lot. And also, like like Midas said, it's, it's, it, it, it's another game that lacks replayability, I think. Like, I liked Borderlands 3, and I thought it was a great iteration on the franchise, but it was too much of the same of the previous one. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's my biggest that's, problem with it. That's a lot how I felt like, too. It just, there wasn't enough special there to keep me, like, engaged. I mean, I played it probably for the first week, and then I, I, I kind of gave up on it, because I was like, ah, it's basically the same game I played before. You keep, you know, keep running and gunning until you get a gun you want or you die a bunch of times. And then you're just like, okay, I need a better gun. And that's really what it comes down to with that game. Yeah. Uh, number five, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Six, GTA 5, FIFA 20, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Super Mario 8, and Super Smash Brothers, which all are asterisk ones because we don't know their digital sales. Uh, kind of expected. Now we get into the top 10 best-selling Xbox One games. Again, Modern Warfare. Uh, Modern Warfare 2 Remastered. Uh, number they, three. They had the exclusive. Wait, no, it was places that had the exclusive one. Yeah, yeah, they had the, the month exclusive for that. Um, yeah, Modern Warfare 2 Remastered. Grand Theft Auto 5 is number three. Number four is 2K20. Number five, or sorry, number four was 2K20. Number five is Resident Evil 3. Six, Madden. Seven, Red Dead 2. Eight, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, which kind of surprised me on that one, but I think that if it's. Yeah, that's April 2020 best-selling game so black ops 3 being on there is kind of weird crazy <laughs> unless that was because of the freebie i think it might have it might have been a freebie i'm not sure well this is selling so i don't think they would count that i uh, if they counted free games then yeah some of these would be way higher yeah. um star wars jedi fall in order and then fifa 20 fifa also making another sports title making a big comeback now we're getting into uh, top 10 best-selling playstation 4 games now this list changes obviously Final Fantasy VII Remake, because it's exclusive to PlayStation, right? Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, pushed down <laughs> because of Final Fantasy. NBA 2K20, Grand Theft Auto, MLB The Show, Resident Evil 3, Predator Hunting Grounds, which I'm still surprised at all that's on that list. <laughs> I, am, I am, still don't know many people playing it now. Like, everybody kind of gave up on it <laughs> after they hit, like, a certain level. Uh, Madden, NFL 20, uh, Persona 5 Royale. And then Minecraft PlayStation 4 Edition, which is interesting on PlayStation 4 that Minecraft came up on that. 
Well, you know, they just uh, opened Crossplay like late last year or early this year. So that could be a reason too, now thinking about it. Oh, probably, yeah. That'd be my guess. Now we have April 2020 top 10 top 10 best-selling Nintendo Switch games. Of course, keeping in mind that we can they don't report their full numbers of digital sales, so we can't say on most of their first-party titles, right? Third-party titles yeah. we can, uh, it seems like. So number one, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number two, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, three, which didn't have an asterisk, is Just Dance 2020. Uh, four, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Five, Breath of the Wild. Uh, six, Super Mario... Uh, U Deluxe, uh, new well, super, sorry, new to super pause on this real quick. It's crazy how this one is selling more than um, uh, Super Mario Maker. Like, just it just boggles my mind. Like, what? Right, Super Mario Maker, you, you kind of get that within the game and you get so much more, but you know, I guess to the average consumer, you know, they don't see that. Yeah, then you go into Luigi's Mansion 3, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, Trials of Mana, which actually get, did did not have an asterisk, uh, and then Super Mario Party, which is surprising. That Super Mario Party is still above Super Mario Maker for being such a big game, you know. So I don't. Yeah. Nintendo seems to be not happy with like <laughs> whatever Super Mario Maker Two did. It's, it's not talked about very much either. Yeah, and the fact that they just came out with their final update, I think, kind of speaks a lot about that too. It came out in April, I believe, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, the fact that that's not in there too, that people are buying, not buying the game for that purpose is also surprising. So that's that's pretty crazy. Also, I want to uh, shed light at the top here where it compares, uh, you know, fiscal year for, uh, you know, April 2019 versus April 2020 and how the top uh, for like video game sales as a whole, including hardware and accessories and everything, was uh 846 million and for april 2020 it is now uh what 1.4 billion dollars i it's like an 80 percent increase which is crazy yeah yeah (laughs) and then video game hardware sales which you and i were talking about off um you know before the stream uh last year was 160 million and uh this year is 420 million that's up 163 percent now, just to take a note off of that, for example, like I, w- I was actually personally, I was tasked to go and help our new like break room. We have a new break room that we want to buy two Xbox One X's for. And I, lo and behold, they're impossible to find right now. Like they're actually more scarce than Nintendo Switches were. Like not even resellers have them hardly. Like that's how sold out a lot of the Xbox One X's are right now. It's crazy. And, and that was kind of like out of left field too. I'm like, Xbox One X is being sold out? Like, that's something you don't normally run across, right? Like, what, what the heck is yeah. going on here? So that's interesting. interesting. Microsoft Direct doesn't have them, which is normally where you get them last ditch effort when, when the stores don't have them. A lot of GameStops still do have them, but their stores, physical stores are still closed. So you can't get a hold of them. So it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, to bring up my own story, um, you know, of course, the Switch we're seeing it like kind of go in and out of stock here. I have a friend that lives in Denmark and we were talking about the switch and she was really excited to like get a brand new switch. And we were talking about like Zelda and Mario. She hasn't really been gaming for quite some time. So she was really excited and uh, she calls all her stores ahead of time. And everyone's telling her, you know, of course it's out of stock everywhere and they won't get stock until like late June, early July. So it's, it's really crazy all around the world as far as just gaming 
hardware as a whole. And it's kind of coming across the same thing in like gaming laptops too, which is surprising. Like gaming laptops are actually selling quite a bit too, like a side of game hardware sales. But gaming laptops specifically, not just your standard everyday laptops, like gaming laptops with like, you know, heavy hitting um, graphics cards and good memory and stuff like that. Some of that stuff is selling out pretty quick as I'm helping another friend and get their stream up and running. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> interesting running across these things. Yeah, if, if you're looking out for hardware or gaming laptops, you know, just try your best to be on it because they go in and out of stock like super quickly. Yeah, so total for the, the video game sales, it was a 73% change increase, which I was a little, you know, high. Um, video game hardware up 163%, which is crazy. Then we have video game software sales, uh, physical and full game digital formats from Nintendo eShop, PlayStation, Steam, Xbox platform, and DLP, DLP uh, participants. And that was up 55% from 428 million to 662 million, which is kind of interesting. Then video game accessories, uh, 258 million in uh, April 19. Um, for this year, it's 384 million, which is up 49%. That's still quite like a huge thing for just even peripherals, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Congratulations on the new laptop. Oh, budget Acer Nitro. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. But yeah. Awesome. So I, I thought these were kind of, kind of some cool things to just bring up in and things just to kind of note. And like, of course, you know, with, with COVID and everything going on, like how big games are right now and how important they are to people for entertainment. Um, I mean, of course, obviously streaming and all that stuff is up a ton. As a small minor note, we've got HBO Max that's coming in tomorrow. So I'm curious to see how some of those numbers change with some of the streaming platforms. So oh, a lot yeah. of that's going to get real interesting too. Um, but yeah, I, I don't anything else on on the MPD topic. No, it's it's a really exciting time for like gaming hardware. You know, even streaming, as you mentioned, it'll be interesting to see because you know there's definitely going to be like a slow period because of this. Like, and it might be like sometime next year. So it'll be interesting to see like how you know game sales, hardware sales do. You know, when we go through that period. Yeah, I mean, as everything like reacclimates, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's going to be a big uh, shift again once you know everything happens. Like we were talking about, like even TV shows and stuff like that, we're going to have a dry spill at some point. Yeah, like a lot of the stuff we're getting now was already pre-planned way before everything happened, and we're going to get all of that. But that, but with nobody filming for the last you know three months, two to three months, probably even longer, it's going to be probably up to six or seven months by the time they get to back to actually filming, you know, full speed again. Um, it's going to be crazy. Like we're going to have a eventually have a dry spell on a lot of this stuff yeah and gaming will still thrive i think you know for that time i feel like a lot of uh indies and you know newly uh double a titles will kind of carry it but you know as far as like triple a there's definitely going to be a dry spell for triple a time i mean at least like so far the triple a titles haven't been affected too big like a week or two here and there oh um, yeah i mean stuff already in development but or stuff that's close to coming out but i mean stuff that's like you know either just starting development like right now things like oh yeah like some of the startup stuff is definitely going to be it slowed down i think um games i don't think will suffer as big of a drought as like tv and entertainment oh, other yeah. other channel will do definitely because not. they you know they have to be physically there whereas most game companies can still work remote to a degree um at least to a degree for most things not everything but but most yeah cyberpunk hype definitely excited about that um so yeah uh, moving on to our, our third topic, we're going to be talking about some of the new and upcoming game releases, which um, I'm kind of yes. excited. 
So yeah, Chichi, t- talk to us about uh, one of the ones you're most excited about because I know we're gonna we're both gonna talk about this one a bit. <laughs> Man, I can't wait. I kind of wish it was covered out tonight, but um, yes, uh, tomorrow morning, the Elder Scrolls Online is releasing their fourth expansion. Yeah, fourth expansion in uh, Greymore, which is just a part of their uh, whole Dark Heart of Skyrim um, year of content coming out this year. And uh, Greymore takes place in the western western region of Skyrim. Um, so a lot of it is like uh, Dragon Reach uh, or Dragon Bridge. I forgot the exact name. And then Black Reach and stuff like that. Um, it's going to be super exciting. It's, it has a really cool gothic theme dealing with a lot of like vampires and werewolves and crap like that. So, um, yeah, Skyrim. Yeah, uh, Skyrim region Skyrim is all going to be there. DLC expansion for Elder Scrolls Online, which is really exciting. So Todd Howard got us again somehow. So two of the biggest things I think that's noted are nice to note in this one is there's still parts of Skyrim, the Skyrim map that we never got in Skyrim that's actually going to be coming in Elder Scrolls Online, which I think is a huge hype. Like stuff we yeah. don't ever get, to, we did never get to see. It's just parts of the map that weren't there, and also the fact that the vampire uh, tree line is also going to be like huge. So like vampires, like me and Tutu are also vampires in the game, and like their whole skill line is getting redone. And I've been a vampire since day one. Basically, the game came out as soon as I was able to. I got one from the like a random, you know, vampire that was lurking around at night. So that's going to be really cool. Um, a full new year of content. We're going to get the new Skyrim area. It's kind of cool it's going to actually go into a new direction like vampires are actually going to be able to transform into a vampire lord which is kind of interesting because you know, like werewolves have always been able to transform into werewolves so we have like a new transformation which i think is really cool uh a lot of of course like you know you bring in more nord lore and stuff like that from skyrim it's it's really interesting the prequel stuff that uh me and tutu did was actually really good like a good teaser into the content yeah, and there's they're bringing like the new antiquity system too, which is like a treasure hunting thing, and you get like uh, what they're calling mythic gear, which is essentially like like the equivalent of uh, you know like Destiny's uh, whatever what is it called epic gear or something like that, where you yeah. can only equip one and it gives you like some crazy bonus stats stuff like that. Oh yeah, so I'm, I mean I'm I'm really excited. There's a lot of cool cool stuff coming in that. Um, another one which I'm, I've kind of got mixed feelings about. I'm not a huge um, minecraft person but minecraft dungeons is also coming out tomorrow so we have the new dungeon like arpg style of minecraft uh that's actually gonna be playable a few reviewers have already said this kind of, of a mixed bag it's it's a kid's game essentially so you have to kind of keep that in mind i guess when you play this one um it is going to actually be free to play for people that have xbox game pass or you get on xbox game pass for uh, you know it's cheap you know i think it's 9.99 a month or 15.99 a month for the ultimate or a dollar if you're a new subscriber. Oh yeah, or a dollar for the a dollar a month for two months. If you're a brand new subscriber. That one's gonna be kind of cool. An ARPG with like Minecraft format. Yeah, I'm I'm still looking forward to this. Of course, I felt disheartened after seeing and hearing a lot about the reviews. Um, but you know, I'm excited to try it for myself to see how it is. I really felt like they should have and could have competed with like you know Diablo and Path of Exile. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes when it comes out. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, as Midas was mentioning in the chat, uh, you could go to ElderScrollsOnline.com. Uh, Graymore, or updates, Graymore. Uh, I actually just posted there in the link as well, or in the uh, chat as well, so you can see it. There's a lot of cool content. You know, it goes way more in depth than we just did, of course. A lot of stuff in in the new Graymore update, which I'm excited about. I got I, I pre-ordered the collector's edition because I love all the, the little extras yeah, they give you. Here. 
another one I'm actually really excited about, which we haven't gotten in quite some time, was Fantasy Star Online 2, which served, I think, yeah. how long was the uh, the Xbox exclusivity Ooh. for it? Like three oh. months? No, it was, uh, I want to say about like a month, maybe two at the most. Was, it was it came out in March. Well, yeah, it was in beta in March, and then it officially came out uh, in April, and it like transitioned directly from beta to the full release, so that's why it probably felt like two months. Yeah, so it was it was definitely cool. I'm I'm excited to see what uh, what they do with it. But yeah, the wait overall was like somewhat close to ten years. It was it came out like 2012 overseas. I want to say yeah, so July fourth, like 2012. So it's it's going to be. Quite literally, like almost eight years to the day. Not, <laughs> yeah. not to the day, but a month off, basically. Yeah. But still, it's crazy. I'm mean, I'm excited for that because I played the first one on the original Xbox, and yeah, man, like that was that was a super fun game for the time. Yeah, I played it back on uh, Dreamcast. I think is when it first uh, originally came out, um, which was crazy. But yeah, I I love that franchise and that series. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, one of the other ones I'm really excited about this coming out this the end of this week. I have to probably wait to play it, which is sad. But there's so many games coming out at once that I want to play that it's just crazy. Like Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition for Switch is also going to be out. I think it's Friday, right? Yep, coming out on Friday. Yeah, and that's that's a game that was awesome. Like I love all the Xenoblade uh, like content that that's always come out with other games. Like that, and especially that one too. Xenoblade Chronicles was tons and tons of fun. Yeah, I, um, I never uh, officially properly like played any game in this franchise, so I'm really excited to jump into this one as my first one um, for the first time. So I'll be really excited. Yeah, like like the the original I played, <clears throat> which is still in the franchise, which is it was a discontinued part of the franchise anyway, was Xeno Gears, which was like yeah. a mech combat thing. I and mean, this is still mech combat to some degree too, but Xeno Gears was like way ahead of its time for play on PlayStation one. It was, it came out actually around the same time as the original final fantasy seven. Um, oh, so it was like, yeah, it's like a, it's a super legit game and it was actually really hard to get at first because it didn't come out in the U S like almost a year after it was released in Japan. And when you did get it, um, it was super hard to get because it was like super limited. Like I, I, I remember it taking me like on upwards of three months to get it finally when I did. And it was like a three or four disc game. So it's like the same thing as like Metal Gear Solid, Final Fantasy VII. They were multi-disc uh, continuation games, which I thought was pretty wild. For your effect. Oh, yeah. Who <laughs> remembers that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good stuff that's coming out with some of the games uh, this week. So it's it's been pretty, pretty interesting. I think we're going to have our hands full with that. Um, I mean, of course, I, I still want to dive into man, some Maneater and get in with that. Um, so yep, I'm sure for next week's show, uh, we'll have impressions on, you know, most, if not all of these games. So look forward to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know we're going to definitely talk about some of the Graymore stuff, uh, especially starting at probably tomorrow night, I imagine. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I'm going to play. I'm going to, like, jump straight back into it and just grind some more after we're done with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely looking to do that. <laughs> Try to get some dungeons and stuff done, and get a you know get a little higher champion level. I just kind of abandoned it for yeah. a little bit because it was a little dry, you know, for content. But it's obviously preparing for everything that's been coming up. But oh yeah, super solid still. Uh, but yeah, I I think we've like surprisingly covered everything on the show. 
today. Any other any other things you want to talk about? Um, no, nothing comes to mind. Uh, just a crazy week for games coming up this week. A lot to look forward to. Even if you're like, uh, you know, trying to save money, or if you want something for free, there's like stuff for everybody this week. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, on uh, usually we try to get them out on Friday. Sometimes it's Saturdays, but we get out Tutu's uh, weekly deals and cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff on Imperium News <clears throat> content. Like, you know, he, he posts a lot of stuff for free. That's playing like free trials, uh, free games to pick up, uh, big sales, anything that's worth noting. Uh, there's always stuff every week, it seems like right now, especially between a lot of the, the storefronts and everything. Yep, uh, I, I posted last week's. Of course, a lot of these or a couple of these deals might be null and void by now, but you know, still worth it to check out and see, like what may be up. I know uh, a couple of the free stuff is still up. Yeah, so there's there's definitely some good content out there. Uh, what are what are some of the things you think you're like touching back on Elder Scrolls Online, Graymore? What are some of the things you you are most excited about in the in, the, in this new DLC drop? Um. Just exploring, honestly, exploring, uh, you know, Skyrim and these parts of Skyrim that I haven't been to, you know, since the original launch of the game, um, the original Skyrim. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most in the like really uh, digging into the antiquities system and being like a treasure hunter, too. I feel like that'll kind of entice you to explore even more. Now, now, the real thing is, are you going to be a pirate or gunian with this now? You're going to be a treasure hunting and trying to be a pirate with. this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I have to. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the way to go, right? Yeah. Way to go. I got this really cool, like, uh, treasure hunting outfit, too, to kind of uh, go along with everything. So, nice. I'm sporting it. Now, see, like me, I'm going the other route. I'm I'm um, devolving into my inner vampire for this one, since we're obviously getting a new vampire upgrade. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just digging into the vampire aspect of it. Did bit. you find any like cool uh, gothic outfits or anything like that? Or are you looking forward to trying to see if you can get your hands on like a gothic outfit? Uh, one of my favorites, actually, that's like kind of themed at least towards like some at least to me it themes a little bit towards vampire vampire stuff is uh, the Mana Marco uh, like outfit you get from completing the base game. Uh, it's it's just such a good outfit. I'll have to show it to you later, and you tell me what yeah. you think. But it's I you could you could still colorize it and do whatever you want and the the color I have it on it it's not the stock color but it like totally plays to like a vampire. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, this looks awesome. Yeah, this is perfect actually. Yeah, so I thought it was pretty good and add the little uh, add the little crown to it. Yeah, you can go gothic, you can go Nordic, or do like a treasure hunter thing like me. Oh yeah, so I mean, you could definitely do all kinds of colors and everything with it too, which which is kind of one of my favorite aspects of it. Like you could go like super gold, you could go super silver. Like mine's like silver. It's close to this, the original, but it, it's it's definitely there. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the vampire class, like seeing what that's all got to offer. The new dungeons, because uh, I, I love dungeon running and trials and stuff like that. Like that stuff's really fun to well, me. Well, there's no, sadly, there's no new dungeons coming with this update. Uh, but there's a lot of new like delves and public dungeons that you can find on the map, but not like the instance dungeon. Oh, really? I thought there, there was, I thought there was two new ones aside of the Haro Haro Storm stuff. No, they're coming later. Uh, they're coming some point this year, but uh, not for Greenmore launch. Oh, oh, never mind. I was wrong. So it's it's the new um, trial that's the big thing. 
Yeah, yeah, new trials. So you get the new trial, and then we have to have the actual Harrow Storms, which is the plague, plague Western Skyrim. So that's going to be the new um, world event. Event, yeah. Yeah, so new world event, and then the Skyrim's bounties, which are going to be really cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. So yeah, still dig into this. Just I mean, to go off of the map real quick, we're getting uh, Solitude, Morthal, Dragon Bridge, of course, Black Reach, and a lot of like underground Black Reach. Um, so a lot of these like classic uh, Skyrim locations we're getting here. Yeah, and this is good. Like, I mean, I still feel like Skyrim is still like one of the better, uh, you know, game games in the Elder Scrolls series to go off of. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for today. Anything? Any final words for today? Uh, can't wait to play tomorrow. It's gonna be so exciting. And as always, folks, you can always check out all the awesome talk shows here on INN. Uh, the Meta Show, Push to Talk, Cartridge to Cloud, and also Open Comms. Thank you all so much for joining us today, and hope you all have a great Memorial Day, and uh, stay safe out there. We'll see you all later. Everybody.